So Ram Tov, we continue our 11th class in the Haggadah with the commentary of the Masanisim of Rabbi Yaakov of Lisa, Lord Burbaum. And we now have finished the Dayenu. And after Dayenu, we go right into Rabbi Gamliel Hoya Omer. Rabbi Gamliel used to say, one who does not say these three things on Pesach, has not fulfilled his obligation. And these three things are Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. Okay, so this is the key. As we said at the beginning of the Agoda, that the real mitzvah of Sipur Yitzias Mitzrayim is in front of the Matzah, Pesach, Matzah, and Moror. Okay, in the olden days, it was a real Korban Pesach. Now we just have a symbolic Korban Pesach on the Seder plate. So there is a question over here, two questions. Why does it say Rabbi Gamliel Hoya Omer? Rabbi Gamliel Hoya Omer would say, okay, what's this idea of would say? We've already gone to many other parts of the Haggadah and the Haggadah bringing different rabbis and it just says that this rabbi said, let's give an example, uh, the story with uh, with uh, Omar, Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah. Rabbi Lozer ben Azariah said, I'm like someone who's 70 years old. Okay. And we have throughout the Agoda, someone said, here it's Rabbi Gil, what's this? What would say? And, and he's saying, anyone who did not say these three things on Pesach has not fulfilled his obligation. Why don't we say it like this? Just like we, we uh, just like we are going to say a little bit later. Uh, where is this? Well, it doesn't. And every generation of person is obliged to see himself. So, why didn't it just say here? It's just like this. Rambam Leo Omer Chayav Adam Loimer Shloshed Vermeilu. Rambam said, a person is obliged to say these three things. You see the difference? So that's the question. So the Gemara answers, because Rambam says, every, he says, on Pesach night, even if nobody is asking the questions, a person is obliged to ask himself the question. Okay? Uh, that That's the point he's saying. And Rogam Leal would say it on every Pesach night. It wasn't just a pronouncement in the base Medrash, this is Allah. It wasn't Rogam Leal Omer, Rogam Leal rules, but Haya Omer, he used to always say this. Meaning to say, at every Seder, every year, his entire life, he would say this on every night, even though they didn't ask him the question, he would ask himself. Okay, so Rambam would say, every Pesach, whoever doesn't say these three things has not fulfilled his obligation, as opposed to just Chayov, you have to mention it, and therefore it says, as we continue on to the next section, it says Pesach, he says, now this is how you're supposed to say it. You're supposed to say, Pesach, when we had a Beis Amigdash, 
Al-Summa, why do we have it? In other words, we don't just say, we. What, another question, just say, we eat the pace. Why don't we say, we eat the Korban Pesach? Take out the words Al-Summa. Just say, the Pesach that our forefathers ate, we had a base of Mikdash, was because of the following. What's this Al-Summa? So what he's underlying is, that even if there's nobody there to ask the question, you gotta, and you're alone at the Seder, you gotta say to yourself, this piece of meat that reminds us that when there was a base of English, I'll show my, I'm asking the question to myself. Why do we, why do we have this, uh, this uh, Corbin Pesach? That's what he's saying. He always would say it, and he always would ask himself the question, even though there was nobody else to ask the question. So now we continue, and now we get, and all three you have to be the same thing. So it's not you're obliged to say it, because if that's the case, um, uh, it, it, then it'll be understood there's no here for any, if there's nobody else there, maybe you don't have to say it. Okay? But what he means to say is you have to say it yourself. If you don't say it, then you're not Yotze. And therefore, and you've got to say it in a question format to yourself, even if nobody is there. So what are the three things and what are the three answers? The Pesach that our fathers ate when we had a Beis Amigdash is because Hashem passed over our houses in Mitzrayim and they bring a Pasuk. And now the question is, well, wait a minute. When did they bring the Korban Pesach? You know, for example, matzah in a minute, it's say, why do we eat the matzah? Because they didn't have time and they took matzah with them. Okay. But here we're saying Korban Pesach because Hashem passed over our house. But how is eating the Korban Pesach, you know, eating that remembering that Hashem passed over our house? And the answer is because Hashem only passed over the house because we did the mitzvah of shechting the Korban Pesach. And therefore, the remembering of that eating, that is the miracle of that, that this happened. Now, so therefore, even though you don't see Hashem jumping with the Korban Pesach, but he did jump over because we did have a Korban Pesach, which only leads us to a much important okay. yes. So in desert they didn't have Kurban Pesach, correct? In the desert, only the, when they, the first year, after, only the, after. No, yeah. the first year, one year after Pesach, when they were at Sinai, they had a Kurban Pesach. Okay. And then after forty years. Then for thirty-nine years, no Kurban Pesach. Then when okay. they came back there, so they had Kurban Pesach first year with Yoshua when they crossed the Jordan River. Thank you. Well, thank you. Now. Now, but there's another important thing. This whole idea of Makas Bechers is, is an example where Hashem showed the difference between the Egyptian and the Jew. Okay? And we have many Makos where Hashem showed the difference between Hashem and the Jews, like we mentioned with the previous three Makos. And for the other Makos, where there was a discrimination between a Jew and a non-Jew, we weren't required to put any sign like blood on our darpo so that you shall not be hit. Why only by Makas Bechoris did we need a sign? Let's say by Kriyas Yamsuf, where the Egyptians drowned and we lived. We didn't have to put up a sign. 
Okay, and number two, we but but when we did have to put up a sign, now we have a mitzvah for generations just for Makas Bechoros where we did have to make the sign. And other things where there were discriminations between the Jew and the non-Jew, we didn't have to make a sign, and that's not something we have to do something for all generations. We have to put a we have to put a, do a Korban Pesach to remember Hashem separate between us and him. But we don't have to do a remembrance for Kriyas Yamsuf. You don't have to put water on your uh, face, whatever, jump into the water every year. So he says like this, all the other makas besides Bechoros, all the other times that Hashem discriminated between the Jew and the non-Jew and punished the non-Jew and not the Jew, it was not through HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It was through another means. Let's say Moshe did something, Aaron did something, and there's a very interesting rule. The way the world the world runs is that the creation sub, subjugates itself to holy people. That's the rule. There's a rule. A holy person says it has to be. That's it. Forget about Hashem or anything. Even to the fact that Pinchas Ben Yor, when he wanted to cross a river, he said, you got to cross. It crossed. And then he said, and then he went, but didn't cross for the other guy who was with him. He said, and cross for the other guy. So there's a hard and fast rule. Sadiqim make a rule. Hashem, you know, Hashem gives it to them. Or let's say the Tana who told his daughter um, that she put, um, what did, she didn't use oil. She used, um, what, did, what did she use? Not a non-combustible. Vinegar, vinegar. Vinegar. She used vinegar. He said, it doesn't matter. It'll also burn. So it had to burn. That's it. Or other stories where Tzadik said to be, and, and it is, that's the rule. Okay, so that isn't such an amazing thing. But, and the reason why Hashem did this is that everybody should have fear for Tzadikim. Okay, that's why Hashem did this. Okay, and, uh, and just like, for example, uh, animals are afraid of man, generally speaking. So other people should be afraid of tzaddikim. That's part of the natural order. You got to know, a tzaddik decrees, and certainly it's Moshe Rabbeinu who makes such a decree to split the sea or something like that. Clearly, that's something that is exactly the way the world goes. Fine. And there's nothing to discuss. Tzaddik does it, finished. Makas Becharis was the only exception to the rule. Hashem did it himself. And when Hashem does something himself, we have the rule. The Pesach said, Will the judge of the world not act just, just, justly? And there was all kinds of prosecutions at every step of the way. And the main prosecution, one of the prosecutions, was really at, uh, by Makas by Bechoros. Even in Makas Bechoros, the prosecutors were saying, these are idol worshippers and these are idol worshippers. When Hashem is doing it, a tzaddik can do something and even let's say it's not right, Hashem's going to listen. That's just the rule. But when Hashem has to do it, it has to be 100% emes. It has to be just. And therefore, what did, what did Hashem have to do? He had to answer the people. And how does he answer it? He said, you want to know? They're not the same. 
they went on Shabbos HaGodl and put their lives in danger and took their idol and shefted their idol. They may still have idolatrous feelings. You know, just because you say, I don't believe in idol worship doesn't mean you don't. <laughs> None of us believe in idol worship. But do some people cheat in business? Some do, present company excluded. And when you cheat in business, does that mean you believe in idols? You don't believe in Hashem? So, but, but Lamaisa, they did something. They took Mamish and Avodazer and they shed, and risked their life for this. Oh, to make a Kiddush Hashem. One second. And therefore, they're worthy for a miracle that happens through Hashem and there's no room for prosecution. And therefore, they had to do an action here where Hashem has to make a dis distinction between us and the nations. If it's, if it's a person doing it, you don't have to follow all the rules. What Hashem does has to follow the rules. And therefore, they had to put blood on the doorpost so that they were Makadish Shem Shrem. They, they, put, uh, they labeled themselves as a target against anti-Semitism. And therefore, the prosecutors couldn't prosecute. He's able to take care of this. And this is something that we have to remember in every generation that happened. Because that, if you want something to happen only from Hashem, he understands the difference between this. This is something to remember for all generations. Other things, it could be. But the fact that Hashem can discriminate between one drop and another drop and understand, and this, and, and we had to do something on our own to deserve this, this is something we have to remember for all generations to come. Because it's in our hands to do something. There are certain things in, when, when the final redemption is going to come and we have no idea what it's going to look like. But one thing's for sure, Hashem's going to have to decide between a Jew and a non-Jew. And one thing's for sure, there's going to be a lot of prosecution. What are you talking about? All these Jews, they do so many affairs. They think they're so from. They have, they have uh, smartphones and all these other things. They think they're so from. No, nope, Hashem's going to say, but you got to do this. There's going to, I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe Hashem's going to say, who knows what it is. Shem's going to say. Did anybody believe Hashem's going to tell slaughter Korban Pesach? 14 days before the Jews left Egypt. What were they thinking? We know we're leaving soon. Did they ever think they'd have to go and take the idol and slaughter it? They didn't know that. That 14 days to think it over. Never dreamed in their mind that they'd have to do that. They didn't have to do anything. For all that had played, just sat back and watched. Who says we got to do anything? All of a sudden, Hashem says, you're going to have to do something. What? we got to do something? How can I you're going to have to do it. You don't want to do it? You ain't going to get out. So you have to remember, and this was not easy. They, they were mamish putting their lives on the line. And they certainly thought they're going to get killed. Because imagine, Egyptians can only take so much. Your mamish taking their God, you're destroying their God. So somehow... When it's going to come to the ultimate redemption, we just can't sit back and let Hashem do it. We're going to have to do something that puts our necks out on the line. I don't know what it is. You have to see what the Gedolim will tell us what to do. So remember, who told us to do the Shrit of Pesach? Moshe, remember, Hashem had not yet revealed himself to the Jewish people in Egypt. Remember that. Hashem had not spoken to anybody. This was pre-Sinai. It's a tradition. Epis, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov. Aaron was a tzaddik. Amram was a tzaddik. Prophecies of redemption. That just comes from Moshe. Moshe prophesied redemption. First time he prophesied, things got a lot worse. Then all of a sudden, things got a lot better. 
But they didn't have to do anything. They don't have to do anything. Now you have to do something. What do we got to do? You're going to have to slaughter their idol. So I don't know if I want to do that. Why don't you want to do it? Because they're going to kill me. So don't you trust Hashem? Well, I don't know. It was very hard. But that became the defense to the prosecution. They were not Torah observant Jews. They needed defense. Hashem, Hashem is going to have to do it. It's got to be when Mashiach is going to come, that final boom. Whatever it's going to be, you know, the nuclear explosion that only kills non-Jews and doesn't kill I don't know what it's going to be. I have no idea what I'm going to guess because any guess is, is crazy because Hashem is going to come with something nobody would have thought of anyway. But it's going to be something and we're all going to have to do something that we'd rather die than do it. And that's why we have to remember the, the, the Pesach to know that it's going to be necessary again. That's why we keep mentioning it. That's why there's always a Corbin Pesach. When we had a Pesach, make this, there's a Corbin Pesach. Why is it Corbin Pesach? To remember this, our parents risked their lives. And if you're going to want it to get out again, you're going to have to risk your life. That's the message of the Corbin Pesach. That's why I mentioned that. All the other things, who cares? Kriyashams, this, that. There wasn't that much to do. We just let Hashem play, the, play it out. But Corbin Pesach played it out. So that's clearly the message of the Corbin Pesach. And if you don't say this to yourself, you're not Yotzeh. You're not Yotzeh. Because what you're saying is, you know, for the five of them to happen, I don't have to do anything. That you're not a free person. Free person knows he's going to do things, and even though the world disagrees. Okay. Matzah What are we in the matzah for? Now, let's think about this. Did the Jews have to eat matzah on the first Pesach? When they left each, they made a Seder. They had, they carried with Al them. matzah sumerorim yochlu. The first Seder, they had matzah. No? So why do we eat the matzah? So I'll tell you why we eat the matzah. They eat the matzah because they had matzah at the Seder. And they also ate matzah in Mitzrayim. They were slaves. So what's the reason? Amen. would ask the question even to himself. shall he speak? There was no time for the dough to rise when we had to leave, as it as it brings the pasuk that they chased us didn't have time to rise. So, so this becomes the question they ask. But before we left, we were already commanded to eat matzah. Okay. So what are you going to say? Because they, they didn't have... In other words, the first Seder they had to eat matzah. So why are we eating matzah? The first Seder, they didn't eat matzah because they left in haste. They ate matzah because they told them to eat matzah. And we're saying, why are we eating matzah? Because we left in haste. What's going on over here? That's the first question. And therefore he quotes the Sefer Masa Hashem. He says, there's a difference between the matzah, the reason we eat the matzahs on the seven days of Pesach and the reason why we eat the matzah on the Seder night. He says, the matzah we eat on the seven days of Pesach and the matzah that Jews ate in Egypt on that night when they went out of Egypt that night was a remembrance of the Lechem Oni for the bread of affliction. The Jews ate matzah on the first Seder in history to remember that we used to eat matzah as slaves. And we're not going to forget that slavery because in a moment we're going to be out of here. And we got to recognize the chesed that Hashem did for us. 
And all seven days of Pesach, the reason we eat the matzah is for that reason as well. But the reason we eat matzah tonight in this 2023 on the first night of Pesach is because the Jews didn't have time for the matzah to rise. That's, that's the Indian. So you see there's two inyanim of matzah. And I understand you want to get halachic. Remember what's the Vilna Gon's famous word? The chiyuv of matzah is on the first night. <coughs> the rest of Pesach Rishus. It's optional. Why? Because the real key is that we went out quickly, even though we didn't know what we're going to eat. Remember, remembering we were slaves is good. It's good. But the key was the actual reason why we're eating matzah on the first night of the Seder is to remember that we didn't have time and we had a moon and a shem. Okay? But the other ones, that's for the other seven days. And it's interesting because... Uh, that suffering was for a long time, for many, many years. So therefore, for seven days, we keep it, right? Every day, you know, like uh, they've been impoverished for a long time. But this one moment that we do it, that's for that one moment when we went out of Egypt. That's one question answer. Another question answer is, it appears that leaving Bechipazon, we, we left in haste, was a virtue. We left in haste. However, it tells us in Yeshaya that when Mashiach's going to come to Navi, he says, we are not going to go out in haste. Lo You're not going to go out in haste. So how come by one geula we do out in haste, one not? If you recall, we said in one of the shurim, there's going to be a six-month gap between the geula, before the geula, and the final geula. So he says like this, Gulas Mitzrayim, the Tumah, the, uh, what do you call it? The, the taint that happened from, from all the Averos had not yet left us. And Mitzrayim was a very big place of Tumah. And there's no way Hashem could reveal himself to us in Mitzrayim on the one hand. And also, if we stayed in Egypt a little longer, the Tumah would have destroyed our spiritual beings that we would never be able to be saved. So therefore, since Hashem wanted to reveal himself to us and wanted us to be revealed, redeemable, he said, let's hurry up. Okay? You know, and that's an important thing. Because sometimes, when an opportunity comes, and a person says, you know, let me think about it. When it's an opportunity, you don't think. You wait, you wait too long, you lost the deal. And that's something we have to realize. There's certain times that you have to really jump. When you know this is the Ratz Hashem says, time to go, now. And Hashem said, now, I don't, I, I, maybe I, I can wait a little bit. Let me wait to make sure that things are a little bit more secure. Do we have enough food? Just in case Hashem said, no, 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 no. If you wouldn't have gone out, you wouldn't have gone out. And that's why you're eating the matzah. Why? Because if you don't jump when Hashem tells you to, you may never get out. Corbin Pesach says, you got to do something to put your neck on the line. And don't think it through that maybe you, you could kind of shelter yourself a little bit. You know, I'm going to put my neck on the line, they're not going to kill me. But I got to put my neck on the line again. I got to go to the desert without any food. Isn't one time enough? No. You can put your neck on the line, and now, you're not, now you got saved. Now, from the frying pan into the fire. Now, going to be trying. Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're going to wait on that. No, you got to go. And if you don't, even if you put your neck out on the line, but if you didn't jump when it was time to jump, 
then the neck on the line didn't even help. Because then he wouldn't want to leave. That's going to be the same thing with the ultimate Mashiach. We're going to have to do something that they'd want to kill us for. And we say, okay, I did that already. That's just it's not time to jump. Where to? Who knows? Jump out of America, whatever. You got to jump, take the next plane out. But all my money's still here. Get out. Why? Because maybe you're never going to want to leave again. So you got to know. You got to know. Okay. And, but when the Mashiach time will come, he suggests, we don't, we're not going to have, it's not going to have to be that quick because the world already will be redeemed. So it's an interesting thing. He's switching the Mahalach a little and saying, uh, the Navi is saying, well, you don't have to go in haste. So it's like, not like I'm saying. <laughs> he's saying, not like I'm saying. It appears that you could learn not like him, but he's saying, when Meshach will come, the evil will be destroyed. Once the evil is destroyed, then you don't have to rush. But it could be before the evil is destroyed, there may be a certain chipazon. It could be two stages of chipazon. Who knows? Finally, more. What do we eat the more for? Al-Shuma. Because of the bitter slavery we have. So what's the famous question? Let's look at the order of the three events. If you have to put the three events in order, Pesach, Matzah, more. What's first, what's second, what's third? According to the events. Pesach is... Well, what's first? Mora. Mora is first. Pesach is second. And then matzah is third. So why is the matzah third? The mora third? Famous question. Because a very interesting answer. If we put the mora first, then what would we be thinking is the reason that we're celebrating this holiday? It's because Hashem took us out of the slavery. Took a bitterness away. A lot of times when we daven to Hashem, the main focus is Hashem, take away this problem from me. If we'd have the Mora first, the whole celebration is that the Mora was taken away. Okay. Now in every generation, we got to look like we're going out of Egypt. So what if I don't have any problems? What if my life is good? My life is good. So there's no Mora in my life. So what's the problem? So therefore, what Hashem is saying, no, 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 we're not going to remember it that way. We're going to remember Pesach, Matzah, and then more. Meaning to say that even after we were, we're thanking Hashem for being redeemed, notwithstanding the fact that there was more or yet. And there's still what to think. And as we said earlier, in the earlier Shurim, the main Hatava, the main praise is that we became acquired avodim of Hashem and the way he did it, with the miracles that he did. It was not just to take us out of the trouble, it was to make us his people, and we represent HaKadosh Baruch Hu. we're his ambassadors, and if anything in the future is going to be bad, he has to take care of us, because he did so many miracles, he put his neck out on the line and says, these are my people, and it's my people, they're my people forever, and therefore it's not just a hatava then, it's, it's a permanent commitment for us forever, and once he takes us, he's, he's kind to us, he owns us, and if he owns us, that means he has to always take care of us. But if we focus on the moror, the mayor just took us out to get rid of out of our suffering. That wasn't the main reason why he took us out to get rid of our suffering. The main reason he took us out in such a glorious way was to show that you are my people. 
The main thing is the way I redeemed you in such a miraculous way that confirm a permanent relationship I have with you. And therefore, first we make a zecher to the geula and to show the greatness of the Kenyan that happened and that has nothing to do with the slavery. And then after we thank Hashem that he took us out of Egypt and in a way where he mamish makas bechayrus, like incredible, the, mo, the going out without any food, meaning there's mon, all these things, Hashem is doing memet, everything, just so these are my people. So now, when the story's over, we could throw in as an addendum, yeah, we should remember our life became bitter. But that's only a tough out. It's not the main thing. We don't want to show that this is the main thing. If this be the main thing, we put it first. Ah, we were suffering, and Hashem took away our suffering, and that was the big thing. That wasn't the big thing at all. It was the way he miraculously took us out in a way that now showed that he owns us and that was stuck with us and wants to permanently show love. And then that explains what he doesn't say, but explains another thing. And now that he has done this, we unfortunately have to realize that because he has such a commitment to us, if we slip, there has to be more moror. If we make mistakes and start assimilating, and since Hashem's guaranteeing he owns us, if he doesn't do anything, if we assimilate in the 1800s in the Renaissance, there'll be no Jews left. Hashem says, because I, I take you out as a permanent people, Morer has to always be part of the system. And it's always going to be after the Gula. You slip up, you slip up, there has to be more. Why? Why? For our benefit. So therefore, the focus is that you took us out of the suffering. That has nothing to do with anything. The main thing is Hashem wanted to show that He owns us and we're His people. And that's Matzah, Pesach, and Matzah. But once you have that, you got to know don't make any mistakes. We don't need any more. But you know, there's always more. For your benefit, to keep the eternal relationship, there is going to be more. And not just to take away from your suffering. From now on, more are just like the one in Egypt. The more was to perfect you. So when you put more first, we're not sure. Maybe the more was, we just take Hashem, He took us out of the suffering. But if even after Hashem took us out, there's going to be more more then why did Hashem take us out to begin with? Why did he take us out to begin with? We're going to suffer anyway. The answer is he took us out to be kind of us forever. And once he's kind of us forever, we have to be around forever. And the only way we can be around forever, if we're stumbling, there's got to be a certain degree of more, that then Hashem will again give us a Yeshua for that. And if you don't say these three things with this understanding, you haven't been you'd say. Because then you just think, well, if Hashem is nice to me, that's good. I only expect from Hashem one thing. That I should never be in trouble. If I'm in trouble, should take me out of trouble. Why? Because I because. He says, no. The whole story is you have to say that you Hashem acquired us. It's a long-term relationship that requires a lot from us. And not everything is going to go easy. And there's consequences in a good relationship, positive and negative. And if you don't say that, you have not been Yotze the whole night of the Seder. Okay. Shkoyach, everybody.